You're listening to the Ideal Life Club podcast, episode 49. Welcome to the Ideal Life Club podcast, where it's all about fast-tracking your ideal life. Join your host, life coach, and author of The Happiness Habits Transformation, Michelle Reeves, for inspiration and practical tips to finally claim success on your terms with clarity, confidence, and the courage to unleash your passion on the world. Michelle here and welcome back to the Ideal Life Club podcast. Now if you are a regular listener you will know that one of my goals for this podcast is to share the real life stories of women who have overcome challenges to live their ideal life or who help others to do just that. My aim with these interviews is to inspire you to find your passion, to step out into your power, set yourself exciting goals, and know you have the strength inside you to overcome your challenges and start living your ideal life. Now, When I was working in my corporate career, I never anticipated that I'd be running my own coaching business one day. But if I had, I know I would have wondered how easy it would be to make that transition. My guest today did just that, switching careers from a successful career in finance and working on a trading floor to running her own business in a completely different industry. Following personal parenting struggles, Heather Rutherford launched the Parenting Partnership to help parents overcome the challenges that parenting throws at all of us. In our interview, you'll hear the key practices Heather has to make sure she stays productive when she works from home, the very first step she took to get started in her business, the importance of being visible even when it's scary, and knowing when and where to ask for help to move up to the next level in our own businesses. As a parenting coach, Heather also shares invaluable tips for those of us who are working parents, how to balance work and family without parental guilt, and how to come back from those inevitable tricky times when things just don't go to plan. But before we get started, this episode is sponsored by my free mini course, Overcome Overwhelm, to help you ditch overwhelm and get back on top fast. There's nothing worse than the sickening feeling of having so much to do that you don't know where to start. As a business owner, speaker, author, and busy mum of two, I know what it's like to have a lot going on in your world. And I've definitely been there, feeling lost in a sea of overwhelm. So when I identified the key triggers that kickstart that feeling and how to overcome them, I knew I had to create a free mini course to help you stop overwhelm in its tracks and get back on top fast. To sign up now for instant access to all the videos and workbooks, head over to michellereevescoaching.com forward slash overwhelm. And as always, I'll add the link into my show notes. Okay, back to today's show. So Heather, it is an absolute pleasure to have you joining us on the show today. I really love everything you're doing at the Parenting Partnership. And I'd love to start off, um, if you could just give us a little bit of background. How did the Parenting Partnership come about? Um, Thank you, Michelle. Um, Well, it's something I've been involved in for quite some time. And um, when I was working, where I worked for 20 years in finance, 
um, I had my three children and my eldest became quite a difficult child. So I actually accessed um, sort of positive parenting help when I was living in London through a fantastic group called the Parent Practice. And it was such a, um, just such, such a help and such a support to me that it was something I became incredibly interested in because it, it was something that was actually very effective. So I went and I trained with, I took some courses and then I trained to sort of be an assistant and I worked with them for many years. And then I moved to the country. And after my children were slightly older, I decided that actually this is what I really wanted to do. So I went back and did some more training. And then I launched this just a couple of years ago, really out here to help parents sort of in the Cotswolds and around um, just with these resources. And I, I love that. I love the story behind that. I love that you, you know, you found something that really helped you and that you wanted to spread that message outwards. And obviously it's, it's become quite a passion of yours, but yeah. having worked uh, kind of corporate and then moving to into sort of your own business, what are some of the challenges that you kind of had to overcome? Because it's quite a different world when you move from corporate where, you know, a lot of the things that we don't really enjoy doing are kind of done for us. Um, and we're quite specialists. Suddenly, when you start running your own business, you do have to be a bit of a jack of all trades. So what's yeah. some of the challenges that you had to overcome? Well, I think um, actually that's such a good point. I think my biggest one initially was that there was no help desk. You know, I had <laughs> 20 years and you just press the button and some nice person would tell you how to fix whatever problem on your computer and everything else. But um, there are so many challenges. So on the one side is exciting, but it is just completely what we say about operating outside your comfort zone because you, know, you have to get up to speed on this or tech side of things. I ended up writing a lot more than I ever had before, which was really hard, but really interesting. Um, there's also just the self-discipline of, I worked for so many years on a trading floor and I was surrounded by people. And there I was, you know, sort of in the morning, just having walked the dog, sitting down at my desk. And that is a very different sort of proposition. So I think all of us, um, it's, just, it's just worth always acknowledging that these are, it's different and there are challenges. And sometimes I think we forget to say, hey, you know, I had a great day because today I fixed my printer on my own. <laughs> and, oh, uh, I completely agree with that. I have days just like that. In fact, I have fairly recently when my laptop died and had to live without a laptop for two weeks. And yeah. that just didn't happen in the corporate world, did it? Absolutely. No, absolutely. So there were, so there were, there were many of them. <laughs> And, uh, you know, kind of the whole thing about working outside your comfort zone is an interesting one, actually, because not only did you go from a corporate sphere to working for yourself, but you went from mm. one kind of, uh, you know, area of expertise to, to completely different one. So moving from finance to, to sort of parenting and, and helping people with parenting. Yeah. So uh, did, how, you know, were you able to take some of the skills and experiences that you had from your previous career into? To your new one or, did, or was it really kind of like start from scratch? Well I think that um, you know under that sort of umbrella of know yourself I think always I felt really comfortable with the personal engagement and in my job in finance I ended up sort of being in sales and in, in my clients were really you know were really my um, expertise kind of what I focused on so um, I would say that's the part I think that carried over that it's still about people and obviously it's so different. And for me, it was so wonderful to be able to actually be in a position to help somebody 
really help them in their sort of personal life and make, make their day and their life with their family easier, which is something I hadn't necessarily experienced so much in the corporate world. Um, mm, yeah, I, can, I completely agree with you. I think I kind of felt the same when I moved from corporate when, and then, uh, you know, eventually came to coaching. I think it was a similar thing of wanting yeah. to make improvements in some way and help people to, to move forward, although it was very, very different yeah. kind of in corp the corporate world. I think it's a great it's a great lesson, um, I think, for anyone listening. Um, you know, I, I do have client conversations sometimes where people are trying to transition from one thing to another and, you know, kind of feeling completely overwhelmed and swamped. But actually, there's there's often a lot of skills that we don't appreciate that we have that we can carry into working for ourselves or starting yeah. our own business. Yeah. Um, so it's, a, it's, it's important to kind of remember some of those things. And I think just give yourself, you, you know, a bit of confidence and a bit of encouragement. And, and interesting how you said about kind of needing to have self-discipline. What are some of the issues that you kind of face there well actually to be honest it's it's one of the interesting ones is that I just working from home for a start and not having an office where you needed to be at half past seven in the morning so the self-discipline is is just making yourself and only for you um, a schedule you know just a new way of operating so that you can be as kind of efficient as you can but also I think not also limiting yourself so that you aren't enjoying the benefits of having maybe a bit more flexibility and being able to work kind of in your own environment. So yeah, for me, it's just being self-disciplined about diarizing things, um, making sure I block out my day, all those things that you didn't necessarily have to do really on your own. I think that's such a good point. And I, and I kind of go on and on about this. Um, and guys, you've heard me talk about this before in previous episodes, but how I am super, super strict with my calendar and literally my task list goes onto my calendar. So I will schedule time out in my day specifically for individual tasks because otherwise it just, you know, it doesn't get done. It's very easy, you know, for you to kind of drift through the day a bit and know, oh, well, the dishwasher needs emptying or I really must get that fixed or, or you know, the kids have got, uh, you know, something I need to go and buy for, you know, tennis club or whatever it might be. You know, we all have these other things that kind of happen in our day. But if we were in the corporate environment, we wouldn't have the choice. We wouldn't be able to do those things. So in a way, it's kind of having to to be a bit strict about that. But I love how you say still enjoy the benefits of the fact that we are, you know, able to, yeah. to flex our day a bit. So take half an hour and go for a walk, you know, um, and to take your, to take your mind, you know, off work for a minute and maybe do a bit of creative thinking. So I really like that. And is, is that something, you know, you live in a beautiful part of the world. Is that something that, that you're able to do? Is that something you enjoy kind of getting out of, of the house? And yeah. So absolutely. So what I do, for example, if I walk my dogs in the morning and then, um, or also uh, the other thing is if I've got a blog to write, so I, so I go somewhere and sit somewhere in a different environment with my laptop and write my blog. And I find that incredibly efficient and it's like, that's okay. You know, it's just, it's to, to do what, what works for you and just enjoy, as I was saying, just the, what you're, what we're able to do with a little bit, maybe, of more flexibility but I think it's also just and also changing things don't you find if sometimes you get in a rut and you think oh and then actually if I just take myself away in different perspective and then which maybe also positively you couldn't do if you're working in a big office so let's just kind of celebrate what it is that makes what we do fun as well yeah 
Yeah, absolutely. Because at the end of the day, you know, we're starting our own businesses because we yeah. want that flexibility and because we're passionate about something and because we want, and it should be fun at the end of the day. Yeah. Otherwise, we may as well go and get a corporate job again, right? Exactly. Um, so some of the kind of figuring out some of the business side of setting yeah. up the parenting partnership, because you have, you know, you obviously have your website and resources, you have workshops, um, you know, there's, there's, there's quite a lot going on on for you so in terms of figuring out the business side of that you know at the end of the day we're all there to, to, to make an income so you know, how did you kind of start approaching that what was the first kind of thing you did when you were setting up the business because this is something that we don't often talk about we talk about people's successes yeah. and kind of how yeah. far they've come and da, da, da. but at the end of the day when we're starting there's there's some real fundamentals we need to nail down so can you just maybe just chat a little bit yeah. about you know how you approach that yeah, so initially it's always all about, um, uh, just as you said, kind of you, you have the nuts and bolts of what you know you need. And then you have to, part of it is, is just getting out there. And um, so, the, yeah, the website, figure out who you're going to do that with. And then you have to obviously populate your website with some content. So it is all quite scary in the sense that you stick it up there and you think, oh, I must, what am I going to start with? But um, so for, for kind of us, it, it was the website and then we just figured out how are we going to, how are we going to spread the word? And it was actually, initially it was kind of word of mouth and talking to lots of people and going to schools. And it was, it was quite sort of labor intensive until you figure out what it is that maybe is going to stick. And then I, we gave a few talks. I gave some talks that, um, so her farmhouse, which ended up being great. And, you know, that was just like, I was going to get in there to give a talk. And that was mm -hmm. my goal. And, um, and so that worked. And that was, and the first one is, gosh, was that hard? Yes. Mm -hmm. You know, all of a sudden you have 65 people signed up to come and hear you speak. And you go, oh my goodness. So, um, but once you get over that hurdle, and again, it's just that whole comfort zone, you, you kind of say, I find a lot of what I've done is, is that you, you basically, you know, that, if you build it, they will come. You just sort of stick it out there and you say, I'm going to do this. And then you almost sometimes say, okay, I'll write my talk once I've, once I've got it in the diary. You just have to get out there and do things, if that made sense. So we did, I did talks and then, and then from that, I had small, smaller groups. I love our five-week five parenting class, which goes on over five different sessions with a group of parents. I, it was my favorite thing to do. But in order you know, to, to get those parents to come, you need to be out there sort of talking. And, and um, so it kind of one thing leads to another. And I think as you go along, you realize what doesn't work or what does work. And you need to sort of tweak things and go in different, a slightly different direction. One thing I really love you talking about there was the fact that because you've got this, you know, you've got your your key, your main program, you know, which yep. is your five week parenting class. Yep. And, you know, often, you know, as if we're in a service based business, we'll have one or two programs that that, that, that we sell. But, you know, we kind of we create these programs and then it's like, how, how do you get people to the programs? And, and what I love is how, you know, you've actually done um, a, a number of different things to, that, that eventually hopefully gets people <laughs> to the program. So it's not just about, well, here's the program and I'm selling the program. It, in fact, what we need to do is actually sell ourselves. And I think that's one of the things, you know, potentially people find hardest when they kind of, start their own business or when they're in business is that whole thing about visibility yeah that's a very so 
Do, how did you overcome some of that? You know, you're needing, because people effectively are, are really at the end of the day, they're buying you and your expertise. Yeah. And that can be a bit scary when you don't, when you first start out. That is a very good point. Yes, it is a good point. And you, and you think, um, you know, I've done my training. I have three kids, which we haven't talked about, you know, which, which is, I feel as if I've definitely have a lot of experience, but it is just getting over, over that idea that of, I guess it's that whole, slightly the imposter syndrome, isn't it? Just, you know, Oh my goodness, my credibility, but you just have to start. You just have to get out there. And I know actually in my heart, I know this is something I think I'm, I'm effective at. And I, I think also, you know, when you're actually with people, it, it just builds and it gels. And so I think you have to take a deep breath sometimes and just think, okay, I, I can do this. And then, and then the feeling afterwards is just wonderful. And then also there'll be times that we have to be honest with ourselves that, maybe they didn't go as well as you'd hoped. And we can always, you know, we need to step back and learn from those, even if they feel sometimes slightly uncomfortable. So getting out there, talking to people, meeting people, just, you know, having, taking a deep breath and believing in yourself, but also being honest enough to, to be able to, to sometimes step back and see what maybe we could have, you can learn is the right way to say and grow from your experience. Yeah. And, uh, it's interesting. It's something I was saying to um, my daughter just the other the other day. Uh, to Amelia, she had a, a netball match and uh, they they lost. And but um, and we were talking about you know you don't always win, but you always learn. So yeah. you you know we kind of try and say you win or you learn. So even if if stuff doesn't go so well, you've learned something from that. And, you know, as long as you take an action as a result of that and do something different next time around, it, yeah. you know, you can, you can kind of chalk it up to experience, I guess. And there's a lot of that when you're, when you're, when you're running your own business in my, in my experience, there is a lot of that that goes on, uh, that you have to do. And, and you mentioned that, you know, some of the self-limiting beliefs that we can have to overcome, like that kind of yeah. whole imposter syndrome, you know, I'm not good enough and, you know, everybody else is doing better than me. Um, and sometimes there's, you know, can, we can end up externalizing some of that and look out into social media world and, and, and yeah. just, you know, kind of what other people are doing. Uh, but I, you know, I haven't really seen, uh, maybe I haven't been looking for it, but I haven't really seen an awful lot of competition for what you're doing. Did you find that that was something that, that, that you know, is it a competitive landscape, your, your kind of area of business? Is that something Actually, you had to kind of overcome? That is a good question. Well, we, I work with um, the parent practice in, in London's and we are, you know, I'm a licensee, which means, which is great because then I have a lot of the material that we use. So they are, they're in a slightly different market, but I would say absolutely locally, there's, there's very little um, that offers the same, the kind of same kind of service. Um, there are on a sort of higher level, there are quite a number, particularly in the States of, of, you know, parenting, um, particularly parenting um, groups that are all over kind of social media or also just offering lots of online help. But I think the one-to-one -one thing is really what I love. Uh, granted, it's probably the more difficult because, you know, population density where we live and things, but I don't think there is quite, there isn't really anything like what we do where we are, which is, which has, um, which is a good thing. <laughs> it a lot to do. <laughs> mm, yeah, for sure. And have you thought about taking your program online? It, just, it was an interesting question yeah. that came up for me when I was looking at your website. 
Yes, actually, um, it's, I think it's, it's one of those, no, it is one of those, one thing at a time. I definitely, um, I'm interested in doing some more webinars and um, other um, opportunities like that. I just, um, I'm trying to do the kind of one thing and then it's definitely on the horizon. What I'd love to do more of this year is more corporate talks because I love the whole idea of um, helping in the workplace with parents and getting this whole work-life balance issue um sort of people giving more um giving help on that so that's my current sort of area that i'm focusing on at the minute oh i love that yeah i wish that had been around when i was uh, working well uh, i, do think, I think there's a lot to it because don't you think also especially in the larger worlds there's a lot of there's a lot of parental guilt and um the whole idea you know the idea of where where always you, you're always thinking of one thing or the other, aren't you? You're at home and sometimes you're thinking of work and at work you're thinking of your kids, I guess, like all this, but particularly in those environments. So I think it's really helpful, especially for retention, you know, getting, getting moms and you know, parents back to the workforce after they've been off having children. There's so much um, to talk about. I, I totally, that really resonates with me. And that mm. whole, whole thing about parental guilt, particularly... Uh, and, and I wonder if this is something that you've come up uh, with um, or seen with your clients is I, I wonder if there's kind of a, a different guilt that we have when we run our own businesses versus when we're corporate, because there's almost like um, a legitimacy in a way around you know working in a, in a business you know I'm going to work now and, and and kind of people understand that and kids understand that but when your kids see you at home working and yeah. you know it's almost like you're not really working although you, you know we know that we are yeah. and and I just wonder if that raises even more sort of guilt um, in people and kind of how you would advise us to kind of overcome some of that. Um, very good question. I think you're absolutely right because it is the whole 24-7, isn't it? And also there is a difference, I think, when you have your when it's your own thing versus when you're um, working for someone else. So I think it goes back really to kind of two things. One of them is just one of them is is the organizational side of things. So and so much of what we say is that it's the time, it's planning time that you put in is 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 so important. So the planning time is around how can you be maybe a bit more organized when your kids are home from school, you know, so that you can make the most of the time that you have with them. And um, also try and organize as much as you can. Clearly, you know, the work that you're doing, maybe not in that, that little bit of time that you have with them in the afternoon and make that their time. So it's, it's a lot of the investment that we put in to just planning what it what needs to be done how can I set things up so that I have really undivided time with my kids and that and therefore when you've done that in your mind there is less guilt because you're you're saying no this is my children's time I'm going to go back on again at 7 30 when they're all in bed so mm. just being quite honest and open but I'm a big believer in you know the setting up for success in other words it's the planning time that's important and then I think also it's again just being honest with your children so if you do have to zip away and do some work it's just saying gosh you know I'm I know this is hard because I I wanted to help you with this and I have to just do this but I'm gonna you know spend a bit more time with you in a little bit so just being honest with your children about what you're doing as well and open about it 
those are those are really great tips and and I love that kind of whole being open and honest I know certainly we've had conversations with with our children about because my, my husband works at home sometimes although he works for a company um he works at home too sometimes and and there's a lot more flexible working these days let's be honest yes, um so you know kids will I guess over time be more used to their parents working from home but um certainly you know I you know the way that I like to think of it particularly with with Amelia my daughter is I like her to see me running my own business yeah. I, I like her to see that a woman can do something she's passionate about and get paid for it I think you yeah. know I, I want that to be a role model if, you know if I can I'd like that to be a, a role model for her um, and that th there are options open to you now I think um, mm -hmm. you know as you're going into the workplace that maybe weren't available um, when I was you know thinking about working I would never would have thought about starting my own business when I was um, you know in my 20s so I think there's that that side of it from my own personal point of view but certainly I know it is tough and what you say about being honest about having to work sometimes it is difficult you know I, I work with um, a team in, in the US and so you know we're on different timelines and often I have to do calls in yeah. the evening because of that time difference so sometimes it's just about explaining explaining that and as you say just you know setting aside some special time I mean one of the things that we do and I don't know if this is something that that you, that you would be a proponent of but one of the things we do is every Friday night at the moment um, is is special time for one or other child so they get one-to-one -one time in the evening um, with 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 both of us um, so that we know at least they know you know during the week there's going to be some some time in the week where they have special time with us you know are there other things like that that you would recommend that we do um, no that is very, that's a really good point and I think that um, just as you said the most important thing that we can do for our kids is is to model you know everything isn't it so if we're if we are having a day where we're, we're quite frazzled because we've had some thing happen at work um just to go back to the being open and honest then you could say you know my, i was definitely a little frazzled last night because let me tell you what happened and that's a lot better for our kids to see that we all have you know times when we're a little stressed but it's all about how we deal with it and how we deal with it in our children and if we think for example we're having a bad day and we're a bit overwhelmed especially if we're on our own or working um doing our own thing is is actually to it's so important to be able to say look i'm really sorry that i was a little short with you last night because i was just had such a you know had so much on i'm so looking forward to tomorrow night just used to say when we have our time together and what are you what are we going to do what is it that you'd like to do and having that child-led one-on-one time which is very much you completely in their world with them um them kind of driving it and us being completely completely present with our children is how we're going to build that connection that gets us through those tricky times but also you know the good times as well because because there are going to be tricky times right i mean i know we're kind of talking a lot about the parenting side here but it you know it, i think it's it's something that we lay the guilt on ourselves so much <laughs> is yes. it, 
is that yeah. there are tricky times. There are times when, you know, when we yell maybe and we're short or there just isn't enough time or we just have to get out the door and you just need to do it right now. And no, you can't do this. And no, you can't go and, you know, have yeah. five more minutes TV. You just have to do as you're told. And it's, and those times, and it kind of, it, it feels, it feels difficult and challenging to do that. And then, you know, cause you want to kind of be building this positive relationship, but I guess it's just understanding that there are going to be some of those tricky times yeah. and it's a balance. It's a huge balance. And I think one, just one point in that where you raise a really good one is that a great example is just say you were all went out the door and it was really difficult in the morning and it didn't work. And you know, we, we were nagging or we were shouting and nobody did what was on their list to do. And then you, know, you can pick them up in the afternoon and say, you know, Hey guys, that really didn't work very well this morning, did it? I really, it was so, you know, it's been uncomfortable and pretty unpleasant. How could we do that differently? And you look at it with them together as this sort of problem solving, because it inevitably there are going to be tricky times, but so much of it is actually we can kind of improve things and solve them together. So one of your little ones will might say, well, you know, I didn't have time for breakfast. I, and, and maybe it's because they couldn't choose the right cereal sort of thing. So together you come up with the idea of let's choose our cereal the night before. And why don't, you know, and then you make it a fun thing. So you just, you could, first of all, you, you, it's always okay to go back and say, hey guys, that really didn't work very well, did it? Rather than not bringing it up again, or, you know, first, or also not necessarily blaming somebody because they wouldn't put their shoes on, but you just look at it together as a problem solving and admit that it wasn't comfortable because you didn't like it either. And so often we come up with a, a better solution and then you can try it again and you can praise your kids for all the little things they get right which is, which is a great way to, to change the atmosphere. Oh, I love those tips. Brilliant tips there, guys. So just acknowledge that they're going to be tricky times. Be collaborative yeah. about the solutions you've come up with together. And I'm definitely going to use that one. Um, yeah. and, and praise them for the little things they do. And I think that's, that's something that we kind of you know, forget in the in the hubbub of the day we can forget some of those little things can't we and just almost kind of expect that they do them yeah whereas it's that positive reinforcement you know we know ourselves when someone says hey you know that was thank you so much that was a great workshop you ran you feel great right so they feel the same i guess yeah and it's all the tiny things and then finally at point if you just remember if you point out all the things they get right you'll get more of what you're looking for Yes, and I bet the the, uh, the other the the opposite is true, right? <laughs> Absolutely. If all we do is pick on all the stuff they get wrong, our kids are they're wired to seek our attention. So um, you know that's how they're that is how they come out, sort of thing. So if we pay all the attention to all the tiny things, not even big things, but all the things that you're always correcting, always pointing out, then um, you know we will inevitably get more of those too. Hmm. <laughs> such such great tips. So yeah. Heather, um, let's just shift for one second and, and shift back to, to you and, and, and your business because, um, and you mentioned that you've got kids yourself and I'm really interested in kind of just delving a little bit into how, you know, you manage running a business and having, they're teenagers, I think. Yeah, right? so minor so, teenagers, so they're not quite in my, you know, they're not in my face so much anymore. Yeah, but I'm sure it has its own challenges. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, how do you kind of manage that? work-life balance do you have sort of strict cutoff times and how it, how important has it been for you to kind of have a, a support community that you can call on outside of kind of your own experiences yeah well I think um the you know that is that is a very good point I think that um 
with my kids, um, my focus, if I'm, that's the other thing is, you know, it's just, you have to think about your kids and what you kind of want them to be like as adults, right? So now this is pertinent to your business because actually I do want my kids to be pretty self-sufficient without completely dumping them in it. And that is, that helps as far as my business is concerned too. So, you know, if they're all home on, if they're, if they're all on holiday, it, it's very much of, is, you know, you talk about what everybody's doing for the day. And obviously when you have teenagers before they start driving, there is that taxi service, isn't it? So just trying to get organized just so we know what everybody's doing and um, what I know what I need to get done. And then they know what they need to get done. And, and I would say um, it is, again, it's, quite collaborative but also I, I also have very much you have the idea of what is the priorities that you need to get done for your business but also without completely making your kids feel that they're an afterthought <laughs> because when my kids are home I just really also quite like to be with them so it's just getting that balance right of the two and making them feel that they're included and involved but also they are um, responsible for for getting done also what they need to get done. Uh, you know, it's okay to, to ask our kids to be responsible for stuff, right? I mean, you can yeah. start when they're quite young with small Absolutely. things, Absolutely. I guess. And I was going to give you one um, example. Um, I thought, because, you know, when you sometimes your kids say things to you and you think, hmm, that is interesting. Actually, that's kind of where I wanted them to be without, um, without realizing they quite got there. And I think my daughter went on a, on a post-school um, little trip this summer and to be honest, she organized it all herself with her friends. And afterwards she said, mom, you know, you didn't really know where I was. <laughs> and, and, I, and I was like, well, actually, I did know where you were, but I, I thought it, it's your responsibility in, to organize all the little bits about where you were staying. And there might've been an, another, you know, a friend of hers had to report in every single movement on her trip, you know, kind of thing. And actually my daughter's, and I said, well, how did you feel about that? And she said, well, Actually, no, it, it was okay. And I said, did you want to have to report in every five minutes as to where you were? And, and she sort of said, no, mom, I didn't. And actually that's what I wanted to get to. But mm. sometimes it feels funny for them. But I actually was quite pleased that, that, um, that you know, they have enough independence now and enough sort of competencies and enough, um, what's the right word, self-confidence that they can go off and do all these things. Because ultimately that's where you want them to get to. But in order to get there, you have to do all the little micro managing don't you at home to give them mm. enough responsibilities so that they gain competencies and think that they are able to do things themselves and and isn't it true as well or i don't know certainly in my experience sometimes what happens at home is i kind of feel like they're practicing at home for what happens outside of home so you know, as parents will often hear, you know, in the classroom, oh, you know, your kid was so great today at tidying up the classroom with me. And you're like, well, they never tidy up at home. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's almost like that testing the waters and practicing rebellion and, and practicing all those things that in a safe environment, they yeah. don't kind of practice outside of the home. Yeah. No, I think you're absolutely, I mean, that comes back to that whole concept of us being their safe space, doesn't it? And, mm. so, and often that's why we are the brunt of their emotions as well. And that's, that is how we want it to be, but it can feel really, really hard. So we are their safe space home. We want, you want home to be their safe space, the place where they can sort of drop their guard. Um, and I think the thing that's hardest as a parent is, is it to realize that it's not about you personally, 
you know, not to take it personally, but when you're on the receiving end, because actually it's really not about you. It's about them. And it's about them. Just as you say, it's like either the big emotions come out or they sort of practice things. <laughs> and as much mm. as we can, as hard as it is, if we can remain calm, um, calm and consistent and that, you know, the sort of foundation in that safe space, then um, just as you said, when they go kind of go out again, they will have built um, the necessary sort of skills and helping them, knowing that they can manage their own emotions, which is what we want. So many great nuggets of wisdom. I'm soaking all this up. Um, <laughs> let's just get back to talking about, about um, your, your business again for a second, yeah. Heather. Yeah. And um, just to go back to the question of having a support community, you and I both share the same network, yes. which, uh, which is how we met. Um, yeah. How important is having that network to you? No, I think um, having, oh my goodness me, I'm such a collaborator. Is that the right word? <laughs> yeah. Mm. And, which is also an interesting thing in a business. And um, so I'm, I love always um, bouncing ideas off other people and having just, you said that support. And also I'm hugely inspired as well by what I see other women doing. I mean, having a chance to have a conversation with you and thinking about your business. And I think that is hugely important for all of us. And you think about what's the contrast that you sat quietly at home in your office and actually then you're missing the opportunity to, you know, to learn lots from other people and also feel supported. And I do, I'm, I'm definitely a victim of not um, uh, sometimes reaching out and asking somebody else to do something for me. Sometimes I think, oh, I can, I can handle all this, but actually in a business, that's the other thing is to know when, when should I actually um, get somebody else in to, to do this bit and spend some money probably. Um, and then actually that could take me to the next step. But I think you can, get them in a much easier way if you actually do collaborate and have a network as you just pointed out don't, don't you find in what you're doing oh absolutely and and it's interesting because I was thinking about this just the other day I'm going to be um doing some speaking at a particular event where there will be people that are um in the same industry as me and it struck me how when we're first starting out we often think we need all the bells and whistles. So, yeah. you know, I have to have a top flight website. I have to have, you know, the most expensive scheduling tool. I have to have, you know, all this stuff. And actually you really don't need very much to get started yeah. except um, a bucket load of courage and a load of visibility and get yourself out there and start talking about, you know, your content, sharing con content is king at the end of the day, it really is, because people only know about you through your content. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, you know, yeah. you know, that's that how they know what you're about. And, and that's often the last thing we do when we're starting our business. And we kind of, we kind of spend so much time and money on, on, on laying a foundation that almost isn't really needed to start off with. So to your point about knowing when to ask for help and delegate and spend money, I think, you know, quite often, um, and I know I was totally guilty of this when I first started out, um, you know, spending money on things that I realized afterwards I just didn't really need. Um, yeah. and, 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 and having a network, a support network there that you can go to and say, you know, I'm thinking about doing this. Yeah. This is where I am in my business. Do, do I really need this? Has anyone else got this? Is anyone else doing other things? You know, and being able to ask for that help in a, in a supportive environment. I think we're often quite nervous about, about um, showing vulnerability when we start in business because we feel like we need to kind of know everything. But at the end of the day, everyone's got to start somewhere, you know. Um, 
So I think yeah. it's, it is important to have that. So whether that is a Facebook community like the Ideal Life Club that I run, or if yeah. it's a networking group that you're part of, um, like the Discover Her group that you and I are both in, or, yeah. you know, even if it's just a, a bunch of you getting together in a local coffee shop once a month and chatting, I think, yeah. you know, reaching out to people that, you know, have the same values as you, a safe space where, where you feel you are able to ask questions that you might otherwise feel a bit silly asking in another environment. Yeah, no, I think that that is that is absolutely right. And I think um, to your point about either going whole hog at the beginning and getting all the bells and whistles, or I think we tend to all do one or the other. <laughs> or you mm. try, and so I think it's just being, as you said, brave enough to ask um, the questions and try and find a bit of that happy medium. But then stick your hand, just as you said, above the parapet and say, "Oh gosh, I could I get some help here." Or actually, if I brought somebody else in just to do this, that might take my business to a whole nother level, which is probably mm. kind of where I am now. But it's just, it's always, it is that, isn't it? Just, um, just getting the, the balance right. And I think sometimes we just have to trust our gut and also be quite honest with ourselves about what we are actually, what our skill set is and um, where we can best put our you know our our focus just just as you said about about the point about you know content for example i mean actually if you're great at um your content and that is really your um key kind of selling point then it makes sense to get maybe get some help in on some of the other parts of your business don't you think in order to make that content explode in other words. Oh, completely. Yeah, absolutely. And, and also, you know, just to say that that, you know, that help that you get in other areas can be, you know, there's a lot of technical solutions out there now that can help us yeah. and be like the third, you know, the fourth wheel, if you like, on the wagon to help you do things. So for example, um, I'm just thinking about, you know, even with, with this podcast, you know, I, I want to create little videos that I can share on social media and there are, there's tech tools that can help me do that. So yeah. I can, I can use headliner and put it in and it just spits out a great little video that I can use. You know, some of those things that save a bunch of time, you know, yeah. 10 years ago, we would have had to pay a video editor to create that stuff. So yeah. there's loads of, of tools and things that you can use now. And it doesn't, and there's Fiverr, there's people that you can, you know, you can pay to just do one-off jobs, like yeah. creating something for you, like a promotional reel for your website, you know, or a little bit of video editing or oh, yeah. whatever it might be. Yeah, that's a really good point. And sometimes you have to try things. I remember I did Fiverr at the beginning and then I ended up using somebody else just to do my, um, the, the branding stuff. And, but you know, you do, Ooh, it just doesn't quite feel right. You know, so much of it don't you think it's like, even if you don't really know, it's kind of, does that feel right to me? And sometimes mm. it doesn't feel right. And you just have to be brave. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Because sometimes that not feeling right, you know, sometimes it, it is hard sometimes yeah. to figure out whether it's our gut telling us that something's wrong or if it's fear. Um, no. And I think some of that just comes with practice. <laughs> yeah, that, is, that is a fair point. Exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah. So um, Heather, you, obviously there's kind of, you talked a little bit about some stuff that's coming up um, with, yeah. with your, your business. What are you really excited about in terms of 2020 for um, the parenting partnership? That is a good question. So I would like to, I'm just going to put it out there because then I'll be, then I have said it, right? Chancellor, I'll have to do it. Um, <laughs> no, I'd love to, I'm going to spend time in a bit, as you said, on the content side. I've done a couple of um, areas. For example, I've done a lot of work on girls and perfectionism. And um, 
I just love it. And it, all of a sudden you realize it gets traction in lots of different places. So I'm just going to, on my content, I'm just going to just, I have a plan as to a few other areas I'm going to work on and try and really focus. And then also I really excited about doing some more um, talks, as I was saying, sort of on the corporate side. And I just need to um, keep that momentum going. And then I just love my um, weekly parenting sessions. So as much as I can get out there and what I'd love doing is going, for example, if there's a group of parents who like to get together of an evening and they're not too, too far from me, then I go and run a course at someone's house, for example. So just to get that, um, just to be able to run a few more of those, that would make me very excited about this. Uh, I'm loving that. I'm loving that. <laughs> and I would, I would also love to see you eventually down the line start doing some of this stuff online oh yes because you know, those of us yeah. that aren't close to you it'd be yeah. great to be able to you know access some yeah. of this so very true so as you said with all these things there just seem always to be so many things to do but that is there good are. because we are not bored which is excellent <laughs> absolutely absolutely um heather one last question for you which um i've learned so much already from from chatting to you today which has been fantastic um but one question that i always ask uh, my interviewees is is about who inspires you 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 know you're inspiring so many parents to be the the best parents they can be and to learn some great new skills who inspires you either in business or in what you do um, well, the, um, first of all, there's the women that I work with at the parent practice, so I think are just fantastic, just um, moms who, who have been on the journey. And so I always continually am inspired by, by what they do, helping so many families. And also, um, you know, these days, I'm, I love, for example, Brene Brown. I'm just a big fan. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love the fact that she's so honest in talking about her whole thing about vulnerability, because I think, I just think... Um, so we don't talk enough about how things are hard and we need to be a bit more honest, I think, to, and a bit more congratulatory to ourselves that actually, you know, I had a good day. I didn't change the world, but I got this done and this done and I helped a few people. I think I, think I love her approach to things. And um, yeah, and we all, everybody's been, uh, I've had a bit of a journey. I have, I had um, like breast cancer, chemo, I mean, all these sorts of things. And I'm a hugely positive person. And I love people such as running around other people who are just ooze kind of positivity, um, but are not, um, but are not afraid to, to talk about the hard stuff. Oh, I'm a big fan of Brené Brown as well. I, I love, I loved her book on vulnerability. Um, and I'll put a, um, a link to that in the show notes and also to um, the parent practice and obviously yeah. to um, the parenting partnership. So mm -hmm. everyone that's listening uh, can, can find out how to connect with you. But on that exact topic, Heather, um, where can people find you um, if they'd like to hear more about what you've got going on? Oh, thank you. Well, it's um, on our website is um the parenting partnership www.parentingpartnership.com is the source of everything and has our social media on there as well so that's the easiest place to go to and also i do do um one-on-ones with parents either over um you know skype or in person so there's lots of different ways to access and i will get more things online michelle 
<laughs> that's my challenge to you exactly. is, to, <laughs> is to get that done <laughs> Heather it's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you so honestly I could talk to you for hours and hours oh, um, but you. it's been absolutely wonderful loads of great tips there guys um, so you know bust out your journal rewind and make loads of notes because I don't know about you but I have just been scribbling down so many great tips here from Heather so thank you so much again Heather for joining us today Thanks, Michelle. So there you have it, my interview with Heather Rutherford from The Parenting Partnership. I had some real light bulb moments chatting with Heather. For example, when she said, if we point out all the things our kids get right, we'll get more of what we're looking for, but that the opposite is true too. I don't know about you, but I am definitely guilty of that sometimes. And the other light bulb moment for me was the concept of our kids practicing dropping their guard and perhaps behaving in a way that we don't want in the safe space we create for them at home. And how if we manage to remain calm and don't take that behavior personally, it helps them learn how to manage their emotions. I just loved hearing all Heather's wisdom and will definitely be putting her tips into practice. Do leave me a comment or drop me a note on Facebook or Instagram and let me know what your favorite part of this interview was and what resonated most with you. I read all your comments, friends, and I reply to them personally, so do get in touch. Okay, that's it from me today. As always, thank you so much for tuning in. I know your time is valuable and I appreciate you taking the time to join me today. I'll be back with another episode next week, my 50th episode, I can't believe it. But before I go, I would love you to join us in the Ideal Life Club Facebook group, a supportive space I've created for ambitious women who want to grow themselves as well as their business. To find out more and join us, head over to michellereevescoaching.com forward slash Ideal Life Club. And finally, if you enjoyed this episode today, it would mean the world to me if you would leave a comment, subscribe and review on iTunes. It really does mean that more amazing women will be able to find the show. In the meantime, until next time, be positive, be powerful, be productive and keep fast-tracking your ideal life. Bye for now.